give Him thanks. Amen. He's worthy of that. Amen. Brother Brown said so many times, go away thanking Him. Amen. And they're healing. Go away thanking Him. We can thank Him for what He's done for us, what He's doing for us, and what He will do for us. Amen. Wonderful to be here tonight. But Ernie told me I can't apologize at all. So I'm not apologizing. We're here. <laughs> Amen. We're going to try and not hold back nothing. Uh, well, I need you to pull. Maybe it's just for one tonight. Right? If it's not for you, you know, you're, you need to be pulling hard, saying amen. See that word directed right down to maybe the one soul. Maybe they're not even in this room right now. Maybe somewhere behind that camera. So we need to pull for them, pull for us, and pray the Lord does something for us tonight. Amen. Why don't we take our Bibles and we'll turn to Joshua 4. Starting my timer right now. Hmm. Whether it does anything or not, we'll find out. Amen. Joshua 4.22. Sorry, 4. We'll start with 4, and then we're going to do a little bit of jumping. So Joshua 4, 4, and then we'll go from there. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Maybe just jump down to 20. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did it to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you fear the Lord your God forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. That the people of the earth might know that the Lord is mighty. Amen. And you might fear the Lord. The stones... We're for a memorial. We're just going to jump right in here and plow on through a memorial. And so what it, I just wanted to go through and just talk about what a memorial was. I'm sure we all know what a memorial is, but a memorial is designed something to preserve our memory. Our memorials are put up there, and we have many memorials, and I'll actually show you some, that are there so that we don't forget about something that happened. It was an event that was important, right? Something God, they, God wanted them to remember Something great happened here. Okay, so it was simple, some stones, but nonetheless it was there to let them remember what God did. Amen? His hand was mighty. They were a testimony. Testimony of God's saving power, bringing them through into the promised land, over the Jordan, on dry land. So that memory was there. That little pile of 12 stones was there to preserve a memory for the Israelites. Amen? That's because, if it needs to be preserved, it's because it can fade. Right? So there's something there so that when it fades or grows dim, you can look back and say, oh, right, 
And there's a memorial there, okay? So that's what the memorial is there for. Because the event, the crossing over Canaan shouldn't be forgotten. Amen? So many men, man has produced many memorials. Lest we forget things that have happened on earth through the course of time. You can just put up the first slide. Nope, the first slide. That one. There we go. All right. It's not up there. Everybody know this memorial? It's famous. It's a memorial. It's the war memorial, the Marine Corps war memorial. That's Mount... Then when they climbed up Mount Siribachi, I believe it was, if I'm saying it correct. But it was a battle that they went through. An intense battle. Many men lost. And it's a, an image that has gone through time. And it's there, forged in, in material there, so that you don't forget what happened in the battle in Iwo Jima. Amen. Actually, it's in memory of the honor of, of, uh, in memory of the men of the United States Marine Corps that gave their lives since November 1775. So it's not just that one. It's a memorial, so you don't forget all the Marines that have given their lives over time. We have the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Three acres built in Washington, D.C. And it's there so that you do not forget what happened in Vietnam. It's a memorial to remember 58,000 dead soldiers along its marble face. It's written there, all the names of the soldiers that gave their lives in the Vietnam War. 9-11. A memorial built on the site where we had many, many thousands of people die because of some terrorist attacks. And so they built actually the world's largest waterfall and a memorial so that we don't forget. We don't forget what was happened in September 1st, 2001. Monument to the Battle of Nations, of the nations. This is in Germany. It actually was the largest war before World War I and 600,000 people were involved. And it's a memorial so that you don't forget that. You probably didn't even know about it until just now. But it's standing there so that those around there do not forget that there was a war and people died. And we cannot forget what happened. This is the largest actually memorial in the world. Largest war memorial in the world in South Korea. The Korean War Memorial. We have a memorial to the fallen astronauts. They say that the four, there's 14 names there. It's a... Uh, so they say it's on the moon, and that's a memorial, so you don't forget that men have died trying to achieve great things going into space. This is in Germany, more memorial to the murdered Jews in Europe. And it's like 2,700 concrete blocks of varying sizes and, and such, and heights, and then actually say when the wind blows through it, it creates this moaning and wooing sound, and it's very uh, touching when you walk through there. It's very silent to the people. There's not a lot of talking but it's there so you remember all the Jews that died through the World War. Large, and there's another shot of it, just so you can see an idea there, what those, what those are. That's a memorial. It's actually a memorial to one person, the favorite wife of an uh, emperor. It took 20 years to build and over $900 million in today's money. But it's a memorial. So you don't forget, we all know the Taj Mahal. And you're not going to forget now from here on out, I'm sure. The USS Arizona Memorial, Pearl Harbor. These are, you just saw probably the lar all of the top largest memorials in the world. This is kind of, they're not all the memorials, there are many other memorials, but these are the, the larger ones that you see in the world. And I was, 
when I was just studying, I was stricken with the fact that all man's memorials are generally memorials to remember something that has died. Something died. There's a memorial there. They're remembering death or commemorating. Let's let this not happen again. Or let's remember what happened. We fought here and men have died. Many of the memorials we have today have to do with that. But God's memorials are a total different story. You say, well, that's the most important memorial we can think about. God's memorials are simple. They're rugged. A rugged cross. Standing there, showing the blood that was shed on Calvary for our sin. Showing a price was paid on Calvary's hill. That's a memorial of a believer. Simple, rugged, but everlasting. And of life. A man of life. There's nothing there. You say, well, there's someone's dying. He's dying so that we may live. That is a memorial of life. Amen? But it didn't stop there. Because it went to a tomb that is now empty. A memorial for us to testify again, life. Amen? But Abraham said, there, the body lies there. Their souls in the presence of God. But beyond the sea yonder lays an empty tomb. That's a memorial to all Christians. He lives. He lives. The fundamental foundation of our Christian faith that Jesus Christ lives today. Amen. That's our memorial. Amen. So that we don't forget. I mean, there's a song. May we never forget. Right? The cross and the blood. Amen. That was shed for us. You know, but how about today? You say, well, that's many years ago. Well... It is indeed, but it still lives on. We have another memorial. Amen? You say, well, we've seen this many times. But I'm going to tell you that it is a memorial that stands today. And Brother Bram said, there they are tonight, there stands a memorial to ring out as long as there's Christian civilization. Amen? This is an everlasting memorial. There it is hanging yonder now in Washington, D.C. Amen? The pillar of fire. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Who was the I am? The pillar of fire and the burning bush, a perpetual memorial. Amen? Through every generation, not only that generation, but this generation, the same pillar of fire. He said, and we're thankful this morning that we even have the picture of it and that he's not changed. Incredible. Amen? The I am that was in the burning bush, a pillar of fire there, pillar of fire that took Paul on the road to Damascus, took him off his horse, and God allowed it that we could actually see it again in this day to be an perpetual memorial. Amen? So that we don't forget the event. Amen? There's more. Go ahead with the, uh, the live, uh, live input there. There's another. You've got to turn it off. I'm seeing everything that's going on here. <laughs> Clear all and hit the live input. Oh, dear. <laughs> Tell the video room to go to camera two. <laughs> and a wide shot if you can. Give me a nice wide shot. We're directing here from the pulpit. This is new. Nice and wide, director. Because <laughs> there's another memorial. Amen? It's the salvation of your soul. And you are God's memorials. And as they take that camera wide, I want you to see on the screen, with all those memorials, there's ones of death and there's ones of life, pointing to the cross, pointing to an empty grave. And there's another memorial. If I had the camera there, I'd be panning nice and tight on all your faces to show that you are a memorial, a testimony of God's saving grace. Amen tonight. Amen. Memorials, all pointing to life. You're all good. You can take that off. We don't want everybody to get nervous. Seeing themselves on screen. Amen. 
that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that ye fear the Lord. Amen. We're lively stones. Amen. Tonight, all testimonies. Now, memorials help you to remember. Okay? We're helping you to remember. But, Satan's tactics are there to clog and cloud, I should say. Clog is okay. Cloud and fog the mind to inhibit your ability to remember. Amen? Amen? And that's what he's there. And we're here in an age where the greatest battle is in our minds. Is that not where it is right now? The battle is raging. But Abraham says the battle is set. He said it's, it's, it's in the greatest battle ever fought. And he said it's set right now just for the greatest time ever of a battle that is going to rage on. And that's happening right here. And if we don't know it, I mean, my goodness, what we're dealing with right now with children and youth and everybody, their minds are just racing at 3 billion miles an hour and they're falling apart. Man, we haven't dealt with depression like we have before, suicide like we have before, anxiety like we haven't before. That's because the battle is raging so much harder. If we can be aware of that, that can help us fight. No, it's happening in our minds right there. And we have, we've been given the weapons to fortify ourselves against it. Amen. Because now he's attacking you and your ability to try and remember and look back at some of these memorials that God has been putting in, in our way to help us trigger thought, oh, God did that there. And we'll, kinda, we'll move on into that. To remember, as, we, as Israel was told, to remember the stones. Okay? They were told to remember the stones. Or what mean these stones is what they asked. And they were told then to give them this little pile of stone there. Amen? So the children could know what God did. It's important to refresh, to retell, to testify, right? We do move on, but you can point back and you can tell, this is what God did for me here. It helps you. It helps you to remember, God answered my prayer. God delivered me from this. God hears. God's faithful. If you're not there, Satan's on your, he's on your case right away, every day. And you're there. He's going to be there. So now you've got to fortify yourself to make you doubt the word and to cause you to lose your memory of who you are. Amen. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you into a state of amnesia. Where you've forgotten things. You've forgotten. You can't remember. Now, amnesia is, is very broad in what it can do. But the Satan's trying to get you there, even into its smallest route, so that you forget about who you are. Doubt the word. Start to reason it. Start to, oh, is that really? The moment you enter that in, the moment you even entertain that thought, he's already in there, in your mind. And from there you start forgetting. And that's just a snowball, okay? So here we go. So Israel, they had an example of what would be called retrograde amnesia, okay? Recent memories are less likely to be recovered, but older memories will be easier to recall. So I'm going to show you how this was, okay? So we're going to go beyond, prior to crossing the river here, crossing Jordan, and I'm always amazed at how much Israel murmured. It just always, it's just always impacted me. Ever since I read my teeny little, not teeny, thick little picture Bible book, I, that part in there, it just always amazed me. And they murmured, and they murmured. It's like, how, how is this possible? Okay, and I'm going to talk, we're going to, little did I know I'd even speak about it that many years later. Over and over. So they left Egypt, they came to the Red Sea. They've got the Egyptians behind them. They're so afraid. They've just come from plagues, all the plagues that have transpired, and they've seen some very incredible things, things that we have never ourselves will have seen. 
and delivered out of Egypt. The firstborn of all in Egypt has, been, has died. The pillar of fire has led them. The pillar of cloud has led them. And now the fire is protecting them. And they're at the Red Sea. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. How is this possible? God did so much for them already. And they're so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this not, is not this the word that we did tell you? So they told him in Egypt. Something like this would happen. They actually had the audacity to tell him in Egypt that this might happen. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. After all that, they're now already complaining and, and scared and forgetting what God had done for them. Like, we're, we're not talking not too long ago, and in incredible proportions, retrograde amnesia is what was setting in on them. Their recent memories were gone, and they were remembering far back into their days with Egypt and as slaves. They traveled three days after the Red Sea opened, and they walked through. Again, another event that was incredible beyond belief. But we believe it. <laughs> Figure of speech. And they traveled three days, and they murmured again because they had no water. And they said, what shall we drink? And there was no water for them. Three days after the Red Sea just opened up, and they'd forgotten already what God had done. It says in Scripture, in the second, 15 days in the second month since they left Egypt, so I'm going to say two and a half months later, they murmured again, and they cried out for food, and God gave them manna. He said, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat, when we sat by with flesh pots. All they cared about was flesh pots in Egypt. They'd forgotten the whips, apparently, and were now just wishing that they could have the flesh pots and would, they had eat bread. They said, and we, when, we, when we did eat bread to the full, for you've brought us here to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Their God was not possible to give them some bread. They couldn't, their, their approach was incredible. They couldn't say, uh, God did it one time, he did it two times, did it three times, he'd done it before, he'll deliver us. But no, they murmured again, forgot, and said, you're going to kill the whole assembly. Continued on, they got thirsty again, and the people thirsted for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is it this that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? It's on and on. Again, it, it blew me away as a little kid. And, I'm, and I just, Lord, help us not to be here. They murmured again when the spies came out of Canaan. And the whole congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night when their spies came back and reported that they were ants or grasshoppers and such. And the giants of the land, and they couldn't take the land. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? Incredible forgotten amnesia they'd forgotten what god has done for them in such a short period of time and all the way through their time thus far they've had one of the most incredible journeys and they kept getting stuck on the circumstances and forgetting what god has been doing with them spiritual amnesia one that incredible to me after dathan and Korah were dealt with for the rebellion that they had 
And on the morrow, all the congregations, so now Dathan and Korah had been consumed, the ground had opened up, and there had been a, a serious event there in the children of Israel. And God didn't take that one lightly. And on the morrow of the congregation, the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you've killed the people of the Lord. Incredible. Here's the God. He's, he's dealing with the congregation. They're seeing what God is doing. And, and they're seeing God fall upon the, the, uh, the tent there where, where the Lord is in the, in the ark. And I said, where's the fear of God? Where, where was that? Where was they not? What our God is doing? And I don't I fear the Lord. Is that, and they hadn't gone to this point here where our scripture was. And they crossed Jordan. He had a memorial there. Why? That ye may fear the Lord your God forever. This hadn't happened yet. This memorial actually wasn't even set down. So we can go through our ups and downs. We can go through our camp to camp meet, you know, times, our meetings to meetings. But we've got to make sure that we're not falling into what Israel did. And we're constantly getting stuck and forgetting what God did. And we go to camp and God does something for us. And then we get into struggle. And we, oh, and it's crisis time. But you can't look back and say, God actually did something for you then. Can't you draw on that word? Draw on the strength that he had poured into you at that time. Amen. We can't, we can't do that. We cannot get that amnesia. We must remember what God has been doing for us. Don't allow Satan to block that out of your mind. Amen. Like they did with Israel. And you're getting amnesia starting to slip into your mind. The Lord delivers, He strengthens, but yet sometimes a few weeks later we start to struggle and we're like, where's God? It's not the case. He's still there. He's still powerful. He's still mighty. He, he still did what Israel needed, but their approach was just horribly off. Why are you doing this? You're going to kill us. Why did you bring us here? I want to say, Moses, once more. We need God to come in on the scene. He's done it before. And he do it again. We need water. We're thirsty. Can he, you know, he did that. But their approach... came to a point where God wanted to destroy Israel. And Moses stood in the gap. Incredible. When you read the scripture, and God says, I'm going to wipe them off. And Moses steps in the gap, amen, as a type, which is incredible. And God repents of the evil that he was going to do to Israel, what the scripture says. Amen. We don't want to come to that point. Oh, no, we don't want to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want, we, don't want to be, we don't want to be there. I want to remember what you've done for me. Amen. Simple stones. Simple reminders of God's victories in your life. Amen. It, might not be something, but it's a stone for you to remember what has God done for you. It wasn't a massive pile. It was only 12 stones when they crossed over Jordan. And maybe we need help remembering sometimes, right? We need help to remember. I even wrote some names down. Dave, I wrote your name down. So you've got to remember. Help to remember. Bring those times back. Say, the Lord did something mighty for me just not too long ago. Amen, Dave? Amen. I don't know whether Brother, Brother Desmond, if he's here or not. I was just thinking of what he did. We've talked about it many times. Where he Punch that big punching bag thing down there, right? But it stirs up a remembrance. And your faith kind of builds up. Yeah, God did that for me. And he's seen what God has done. And it stirs it up in you. And that fog in your mind that Satan tries to cloud you with starts to dissipate. Because you remember, that's a memorial. God did that. He did it for me. He'll do it again. Amen? That's important. Don't be ashamed of remembering. Amen? It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed of when God does something for you. Amen? It was amazing. Tori, it's amazing what God is doing for you. These are good things. We remember those times. Amen. But Israel got away. And now we're going to skip ahead a little bit to when they were coming to Jesus' time. But Abraham says, forget. Yes, they forgot the word of promise. They forgot. 
Israel was in that kind of fix when Jesus came. It had forgotten. They looked over. He said they believed there was coming Messiah, but the Messiah come and identified himself by the word. And they had so many traditions till they had made the word of God to no effect. You know, I wonder after that time, how many, how many fathers maybe came down and took their sons down to that, to that pile of stones and pointed them and said, look at this. Look what God did for us. This is a memorial of when God opened up Jordan. Amen. And we walked across on dry land. How many fathers did that? Considering that they forgot the word of promise, not many. Probably not many went back to that time and said, here, it's a memorial. It was there. Amen. For them to go back to. Something we could do ourselves. Take our children back. Take ourselves back. Go back and remember that time. Maybe you've got to go back a little ways in your mind. But you can point back, God did that for me there. Amen. I was even looking back at my own life. You say, well, maybe I don't have many stones. You know, I'm just kind of born in the message. Or You only need one stone at the end of the day. And say, God, you saved me. Amen. I was a wretch. I was a sinner. And your cross came. The memorial of the cross hung there. The blood shed. That's the only stone I actually need to look back to. Amen? And everything actually should be all right. We don't need a massive pile of stones. We shouldn't. Israel had the biggest pile of stones that you ever saw as far as what God did for them prior to Jordan River. And they murmured and they forgot. Amen? Let's not get to that state. One stone, amen, is all we need. Lord, you save me. From there on, every stone's an incredible bonus. Amen? You healed me. You delivered me. You gave me this in time of need. You showed me this when I was in trouble. What stones we have. Amen? Remember these stones. But when we don't remember those stones, too much slips in. It starts creeping into our lives. When we used to be strong, we used to be fervent. And then we start getting lax. We start getting cold. Why is this? You know, you think we'd be past things of hair and makeup and fancy nails and floppy haircuts and video games and whatever else. You name the issues. Amen? Well, it's just because we forgot. You're just forgetting. You're not remembering. Scripture, it's the Laodicean church age. Blind, naked, miserable, and don't know it. Something was forgotten there. They don't even know it. Amen. We want to be sure to remember. You know, what happens now, amnesia can take another, another step. And it's its worst state, and thankfully it's most uncommon, but nonetheless it can happen and where you completely forget your identity. Not just forgetting things, or, oh, the Lord didn't, didn't do that for me there, or you throw out those and you're not remembering, and you go through struggles, and He has to do something for you to try to get you back on a track, but now you've actually completely lost who you are. But Abraham says another thing that causes it among people is getting between two opinions. Amen. You start reasoning. Oh, what about this? And what about that? Right there, he says, another thing can cause that amnesia, and actually the worst state, where you lose your identity of who you are, or your, your knowledge of who you are, is by getting in between two opinions. Man, that's what happened at Mount Carmel Showdown, right? He said, why halt you between two opinions? If Baal be Baal, God, serve him. If God be God, serve him. 
Right? They were stuck there, and that's why they got there. And then God had to come in with a Mount Carmel showdown and come with fire and consume the whole thing for them to actually see, oh, God is God. They had totally lost, actually, who they were in their minds. Two opinions. That reasoning is a demon. Don't even let it get there. You read Greatest Battle Ever Fought. But our Branham tells you what, what you need to do with reasoning. You cast aside all reasonings. Amen? That'll cause amnesia, he says. And you get to a place where you actually, what you've done, you've lost your reasons, you've lost your mind, you can't make out, you don't know who you are, you can't identify yourself, you can't walk around eat every, you, and eat everything, but you still can't identify yourself. You've got your scholarly education, same education you had, but if you don't know where it comes from, you don't know who you are, where you belong, that's amnesia, he says. And that's actually called dissociative fugue. Pretty technical term. But that's what it's called. To when you, it's a disorder and it's rare, and it's when it's a reversible amnesia for personal identity, including the memories, personality, and other identifying characteristics of the individual. And the state can last days, months, or longer. Man, the key thing I want you to remember there, it's an irreversible amnesia, okay? But you've completely lost who you are in your mind. But Abraham says, so has God's people in these last days, has forgotten what the testimony of being a Christian means. To gain is the amnesia has become upon the people and they can't identify themselves. So you must be identified. You have to be identified with something. Okay? Somewhere you must show who you are. Your life will show it. What you're identified with. Your characteristics will show it. Where you're identified with. You can't be half and half. Okay? Brother Brown says you can't be a white blackbird. You can't be a drunk silver man. That's what he says. You've you got to be one or the other. Okay? So your spiritual attitude towards God identifies exactly where you are standing. Okay? He says because you will, if don't get spiritual, he says because you'll identify yourself with something else. Stay right with the Word. Okay? Our identity comes with the Word. Okay? What does the word say? Say, well, these signs shall follow them that believe. Say, identify with that. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall ye do also. You're like, identify with that. Amen. If you abide in me and I in you. Amen. Ask what you will. Shall be done. Amen. I identify with that. You say, yeah, I identify with the word. Okay, we've got to identify with all the word. Okay, you just can't take some of the word and not all of it. Okay, and there's a lot of pickers and choosers out there. You say, well, I believe that, but I don't believe that. Well, that's no good. It's all word. Okay, there's drunk sober. It doesn't work. Okay? So, how about Luke 17:30? But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Oh, that's a weaker amen. Amen. I identify with that. Yes, sir. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared it to his servants, the prophets. Identify with that. Amen. It's got to be all the word. Some people, though, that's just too much for them. Right? And that's where we are right now. It's starting to divide maybe where their identification really is, because their life is going to show it. And they're not identifying with all the word. On a side note, it was Billy Graham's funeral today. I was so struck with the fact that Brother Branham identified the two messengers to Sodom and that actually that last, the last messenger is now completely off the scene. I said in my mind that's significant, that the actual the messengers now left and departed Sodom. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. So he left Sodom, and the messenger had to leave Sodom as well. I thought that was significant. That was bonus.
Amen. So that's identifying. Now, we all... Let's just bring it down to kind of where we are. Where are we on time? Mercy. Good. So, we can identify. It's easier for some of us, especially as guys, to identify with, you know, something like sports. Or all of us. I'll even just bring it into where we just were in the last few weeks where the Olympics. And you identify with your country winning a medal. Like, yes, we won. I know some teachers were actually gloating that the U.S. won in some of their games. <laughs> but it was we won. Okay? It wasn't they won. It was we won. Oh, what's our medal count? How many golds do we have? Okay? What are you doing? You're identifying right with that person that won the gold. And you're probably watching them get across that line. And you go, go, go. Yes, we won. That is real identification. It's like you cross the line. Really where it would come down to brass tacks is when you're like, hey, can I see our medal? No. It's my medal. But we won. You'd maybe get into a bit of a battle there. But nonetheless, you're identifying with that because that's your country or that's your team, your sports team or whatever. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's real identification. Now we kind of get that. Now I'll just keep going with that. Now just for sake of all intents and purposes, I'm an American right now, okay? I was going to do Canadian, but we have really lame history. So if I used anybody in this next, in this next bit about Canada, you're like, who's that? Well, that's uh, Captain James Cook, or that's uh, Captain Vancouver. You don't know who he is? No, okay. So I'm an American right now, okay? I'll work just so for, the, for this next piece. Now, to be an American, you have to be identified with the nation, okay? It's my nation. I know I'm Canadian, but just for this. So to be an American, you've got to be born in America, in the country. You're in a citizen. You're identified with the nation. All that it is... You are. I know we have lots of Americans here, so you're really going to be amening this part. Amen? For your, and I'll say I, if this was me, I'm identified as an American. I've got to take all its shame, okay, all its glory, whatever it is, because I'm identified with it. Just like you were that sports team, or you can just go with your Olympics, you were identified with that athlete running across the line somehow, or skiing, or whichever, and that was you, and you identified as an American for that. Okay. So you must be part of it. I'm part of America because it's you. And because of that, you're willing to fight for it. You're willing to die for it. You're willing to basically lay everything down. Whatever it stands for, you stand for. That's because you're identifying with your nation as an American or whichever nation that is. Amen. And someone says something against that, ho. Oh, that's like them saying it personally against you, right? You take it personally. Someone says something against your country. It's like, oh, the gloves are on, and here we go. Because you're identified 100% right down to your bone. But Abraham said, don't you never forget it. Because when you do, you've got amnesia, sure enough. He says, you're no more American citizen when you can't become part of it. You must be. What American is, you must be also. You must be partakers of her, he says. Amen. 
And he goes in. He goes, he, and, and unless you really get identification of that was me, and he talks about I was there when they landed at Plymouth Rock. He talks about that. You're like, well, that was a long time ago. No, but because you're identified with the nation, you were there. You're part of that. When they landed on the shores and they came here ready for the, the new world and all that was before them, you were there with them because that was your country. You were experiencing that. Imagine what they were feeling, all the oppression that they left and coming off the sea after a multiple month journey, I'm sure, on the boat. And here they come. That was you there. Me, we're just going to go through this as Americans. He says, I rode with Paul Revere. Amen? Many think he said the British are coming, but that's actually against history. But he's riding there on his horse with a couple others, apparently. And he's, so we say, for example, the British are coming. All right? One by sea, two by land. You were there with Paul Revere. Amen? Experiencing that. Or with Washington crossing the Delaware. Were you there? As an American, I would say, yeah, you should be. Like, yeah, that was my country. Just as if you were today saying, go, you would be there with Washington. That was me. We're winning the battle. Go across the Delaware. Ford it, amen? The cold, the ice, whichever. You were there when Lincoln was shot. And the nation was in that, I'm sure, quite a state of mind. And identified with all that the Civil War was. And then you were there when the flag was hoisted up at, on, up on Iwo Jima. Amongst all the death, that was you. Because that's you, your country. You're identified with that. Amen? All our glory and all our shame. True identification. But I'm of another country. This one I can talk about. Because it is me. I'm not an American. I'm not even a Canadian, okay? I'm of another country. I'm of heaven. Amen. That's my country. And I can identify. Brother Brandon says, I can identify. I was there when the morning stars gathered together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Because that was me. I was there. I was there with Abraham when he raised the knife there to take Isaac, take his life, and the ram showed, and Jehovah Jireh provided a ram. I was there because that was me. Amen. I was there when David slew Goliath. Amen. Getting his little satchel, getting those stones, putting in that one in the sling. I was there because that's me. Amen. I'm identified with everything David was, with everything Abraham was. Amen. I'm identified with Daniel as he was reproached for prayer, taken away, thrown in a lion's den, standing before hungry lions. I was there, identified when that angel came, closed the mouths of the lion. That was my God. I was there with Daniel. Amen. I can identify with that. I can identify with Joseph and the reproach he took. I can identify with Elijah. We talked about Mount Carmel and all the different ones, Peter and Paul, all the martyrs, because that was us. And we're saying, go, yes, that was us. We would have been there. Amen? We're identified with everything they did and everything they were because we're part of them. And it was most surely, Brother Brown says, with him at Calvary, identified with him. He said, not just identified because... Were not also I was identified, I died with him at Calvary. Amen? Not just identified, but we died with him. We had to. Every Christian, he says, must die with him at Calvary. If you don't die, you're none of his. Amen. Say, Lord, I'm identified 100%. Amen? With you. And I died with you, but then again, we rose again. Amen? Identified with the resurrection. We didn't stay dead. We're alive. Amen? He's alive forevermore. Amen? That's our identification. He said, whatever Christian has been, wherever believers has been, every believer now is identified with that same person. Whatever it is, you must be identified. Amen? Don't forget that, he says. You forget your identification. It's a slippery slope into... Complete amnesia. And when you do, he says, you got amnesia, you've forgotten who you are. 
says when you slip into spiritual amnesia, he says the world, the church joins itself together. They don't want nothing spiritual. They don't want, thus saith the Lord, they want what they want. They want the world to say they're a Christian and live in the world, live with the world, live like the world, and still maintain their confession of being a Christian. You know, the thing is, he said, it's spiritual amnesia. That's exactly what it is. They don't know who they are, and they've forgotten what they're supposed to do. My, wanting to maintain some sort of Christian confession, but living like the world. Sorry, but you can't do that. It's impossible. If you love the world and the things of the world, the love of God is not even in you. But we have that today. We have that today, and I have it a little bit further in my notes, but I just find there's such a boldness amongst, amongst, unfortunately, amongst believers and those that are going through struggle times, but we can, it's, it's two-sided. And we can come and look like we're a Christian, and everything's all good. But yet on the other side, on, when I'm out school or when I'm somewhere else or on my social media accounts, I'm a totally different person. And it's somehow okay, because we're actually all seeing it. Sorry, but you can see Instagram feeds, and you can see all these different feeds, and you're like, uh, excuse me, who's this? Oh, and then you come and see them at church, and, oh, hey, man, wait a second. What's happening here? That's spiritual amnesia. They want the world, say they're a Christian, live in the world, live with the world, live like the world, and still maintain their Christian. Sorry, but you're in full-on spiritual amnesia. Don't kid yourself. Do not kid yourself, because in that state... Hell is on its way. I'm sorry, but that's just what it is. If you do not get cured of your spiritual amnesia. It used to not be that way. If I, when I was growing up, I'm sorry, but it was some shame to not live in... You know, we just didn't... We weren't where you were. You weren't right with God. You were struggled. There, it, was, it wasn't just out there. Here I am. This is me. You know, here's my Instagram photos and, you know, all the different filters. And they just look like really a modern-day Jezebel and some perverted celebrity, but... That's wrong. It just is what it is. You can't live two ways. Don't, don't kid yourself. Okay? Don't kid yourself. Because that's really what you're doing. But Abraham says, you know the old saying, fools will walk with hobnailed shoes where angels fear to trod? Is that not what's happening? That's what spiritual amnesia does. It makes people get to a spot till they have no feeling on the inside of them and they don't want nothing spiritual. What a slippery slope strong yeah it is strong but our he says they couldn't identify themselves as supernatural things anymore because they didn't want it the word of the word the gospel they didn't want it uh, sin disease had afflicted them and they loved that sin is pleasant to the unconverted heart and looks good to the unconverted mind but it's the way of death and there's nothing left but death wages of sin is death he said and you must reap them wages you sowed to the winds now reaping the whirlwind Strong. We have kids that need that. It is what it is. Someone on the internet might need that. I'm sorry, but hell's hot, heaven's high, and this is what you need to get yourself on the right pathway. If you're in spiritual amnesia, this is what you need. You need the word. You need something to trigger a memory. You need to go back to some stones and look at what God has did to get your memory back. Amen? Amen. Serious. And serious amnesia sounds like someone called the prodigal son. Doesn't it? Prodigal son was 
wanted all his money, wanted his inheritance, thought he had a better idea, wanted to head out and do what he wanted to do. Right? Luke 15. I can probably take time to... take. I'll just take a moment. No, it's okay. Don't turn to it. I have it actually in my notes. But... And we know what he did. We know where he went to. We know he went and riotous living and all these kind of things, which was exactly what we've just talked about, spiritual amnesia, and he'd forgotten completely who he was. But what I want to talk about, because it all sat, you know, we've kind of gone downhill here on how bad it is, and it is, it's serious. But I love the scripture in Luke 15, 17, and he came to himself. Amen? And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? He remembered. He remembered Wait a second. But you know what? Only God can bring that remembrance. He, didn't, he couldn't force that, because that could have happened a long time ago. We, no, Scripture doesn't say how long he was actually in the muck and the mire. Could have been an hour. It could have been a day. It could have been a year. We don't know. But at some point, God quickened a remembrance in him, and he came to himself. Amen? That's the reversible aspect of dissociative amnesia. Big word. But it's reversible because it's proven here in Scripture. He came to himself. It's not all hopeless, friends. Amen? You look at somebody, a friend, a family member, you say, Oh, God, they need a serious touch from you. They're gone. They don't even know who they are. But it's reversible because he came to himself. Amen? Amen. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Amen. The prodigal couldn't do that, but God restored his mind, bringing him back to himself. I think that's just so wonderful that he remembered that. Amen. There's another story. Brother Branham speaks about the French soldier. Amen. Who knows the story? Some of you. Mercy. All right. Well, some of you need to read it in the uh, message. (laughs) Okay, I'll just read the whole thing. Notice a French soldier, he said. They got a bunch of soldiers in from the army, and they had this amnesia. He said it's from shock, which it can happen on battle. We heard Brother Murphy speak not too long ago about the thousand-yard stare from shock, and they actually just lose who they even are. They couldn't identify the boys. There was no hope for them. Maybe one or two got caught out of it. And then they took the rest of them and they was going to put them in a sanitarium where they'd have to stay for the rest of their life. And they was going up the hillside. A train was pulling up and it stopped at a little station. And they let the boys out and stretched their legs. The guards got out in the hill, making sure they were doing okay. He started walking. Instead, the guard, and they saw one of the boys. He watched one of them, watched uh, one young fellow, and he got out and he started to look around. And he said, he looked around at the water tank. It was a certain, a certain object. And he looked all over the hill and he rubbed his face, and studied, looked again, and he seen the water tank. He looked around at the station and he started walking. And instead of the guard, instead of the guard stopping him, he followed him. And he went up the hill and down a little path, turned to the right, went over to another little hill, and came to a little log cabin. And he looked, and coming out on the porch, an old man with a cane in his hand, he come out and throwed his arms around him. He said, my son, I knowed you would return. They told me you were dead, but I know you would return. And the boy come to himself. He came to himself, and his amnesia left him. He could identify who he was. Amen thought, you know what, he just wandered around, 
Brother Branham, he says, why don't you just wander around a little while? Some maybe you've lost, maybe you've forgotten, maybe you're not sure, you've been battling your reasoning, in your mind you've gotten clouded. He says, maybe you just need to start wandering in the Word. Maybe just looking and studying. He says, oh, soldier of the cross, that's been shocked with so much training or shocks of denomination or creed or things of this world. He says, why don't you just step off a few minutes and go looking around in the Bible? might wander around. You might find yourself identified as a believer. Amen? One of these days, he says, you might not know him. You may come to yourself like the prodigal did and find yourself. You might find your identification in the words of God. Amen? I thought, Lord, surely... Maybe somebody needs to just start to wander a little bit. Maybe you've got off the track. Maybe you haven't gone back and looked at your, some stones that were there as a memorial. Maybe you've forgotten your joy. Maybe you've forgotten the joy of your salvation. Amen? But Abraham says, you didn't lose your salvation. You just forgot the joy of your salvation. What it is like to really feel so thrilled to live for Him. Amen? You've forgotten maybe what it's like to have real peace. Maybe you've forgotten how it feels to overcome. And you're drained and you're battle-weary. It's because it's just a little amnesia. He says, maybe just go wandering around a little bit. Amen. Maybe we've taken off the helmet of salvation. Maybe you've gotten weary and somehow your armor has gotten off. And you allowed Satan to penetrate that mind. So the Brother Brown said that's your protection. It's a brass headpiece. He said the salvation, knowledge of knowing this. And my healing comes from God. My salvation comes from God. Amen. That's your helmet of salvation. It's a protection. You take that off and Satan now has just direct access to that mind. And can... Get right in there, amen. You need to wander around in the Word. Maybe you haven't even crossed Jordan. Maybe you haven't even got there. Maybe you haven't even been saved. You haven't even died to yourself. And that memorial of the cross is hanging in front of you. And you have yet to even take that pile and make that pile of stones as Joshua and the children of Israel did. And they created a memorial there as they crossed over Jordan, which Jordan, we know, means death to self. Amen. And the way back, whatever sound, the way back is repentance. He said, if a sinner has to come to God by the way of repentance, then the lukewarm or backslider will have to repent that much more. He said, repent. Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance, and prove it by your life. Amen. The musicians can come. We're just going to finish up now. We talked about Israel there a little bit, and how they murmured and all of that. But Brother Branham had a quote, and it was just so wonderful to me. And we've gone through all of the, you know, some examples of how you can get off and how the Satan can get your own minds scrupled up and forget who you are. But he just has this quote. He says, oh, what a time. God's still in his mercy. He's still merciful. He said, Moses, go out and speak to the rock and bring them some water. They forgot all the miracles that happened last month. This is Brother Branham talking on God's behalf. Amen. They forgot how I opened up the Red Sea. Setting here sick. He goes, you forgot how God saved your soul. And he goes, that's the worst of it. He said, more of a miracle than it was to heal your body. They forgot all about it. He said, but Moses, yet in, in my mercy, he says, come on, I in mercy, I'm going to open the rock again. Oh my. He says, after I sent my word and they looked over, they heard it preached, they wouldn't believe it. Still yet, I'll send my gifts to the church. I'm, I'm long suffering. I'll show signs and wonders on this. Isn't he wonderful, he says. There they go fussing about what to belong to. He sends the range just the same. But oh my. Isn't that our God? Amen. Israel still fussed and they murmured and they did this. But God, amen, Brother Brown said, he's long-suffering. Man, I'll just go and give them water again. 
That's our God. Amen? His mercies are new every day. We can be in that state, but there's, God can come and completely clear it. Amen? He recognized. His word can do that. He said, but Abraham said, surely somebody will wake up after a while before the coming of the Lord. He said, ah. I said, oh my. He said, oh, we forget where we are. We forget many times what made us what we are. And after we become what we are, then we forget how we got here. We're forgetful. But there's memorials that we need to go back to. We look at and point, help us remember, so we don't forget that. Amen? Remember the victories in our life. Start counting the blessings. Fortunately, we're just, it's a negative world, and we've got a lot of negative news. Stop dwelling on the negative. Start thinking about what God did. How did God make you this way? How did God? It was Christ. His blood. He saved me. Amen? That's the stone you need. Amen? How did you get here? You all, he led me through many dangers, toils, and snares. Amen. That's our God. I said, you know, in my notes, it said, wake up, prodigal. Remember who you are. You're a son of the king. Amen? Someone that's been clouded. They've got amnesia. There's a way out of that. God can come and bring you back to yourself. Amen. Samson remembered. He remembered those locks that were on the back of his head as he was standing there between two pillars. Reach back and feel. You know what? That's my Nazarite vow right there. And he remembered, and God brought a victory greater than all through his life. Amen? But Abraham said, Shamgar. He said, but he remembered one thing, that he was a circumcised Israelite. He was a seed of Abraham, and he had the right to the promise of what he would possess, that he would possess the gate of the enemy. Amen? We heard about Shamgar, and his locks go to camp. Amen? But that's what he remembered. One thing. I'm a seed of Abraham. You just need to remember one thing. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Amen? It'll blast all the flu out of your mind, all the reasoning out of your mind, and you'll come right back to yourself. The Word of God will do that. Amen? Moses, he said, going, out, going down to take over one-man invasion, but he'd done it. He did it. Why? All the troubles, they were hard, and everything going wrong, but he remembered he met God at a burning bush experience. Amen? It's all it did for him. You can imagine what Moses went through. Standing in the gap and what a man he was. Because he remembered he had one experience with a burning bush, with a pillar of fire. The same I am that I am. The same one that's here. That we saw the memorial. That's all you need is to meet him. And he went through all of that. Amen. Lastly, sorry musicians. God. God remembers. Brother Abraham said, God ordained a prophet to rise up. The prophet run away and married an Ethiopian girl. And he's talking about Moses. And he's, he said... Uh, he was keeping the flocks on the backside of the desert when all at once the cries of God's people come up before him. Something had to be done. He said, God remembered. Amen. God remembers. He says, I'm so glad he remembers. He remembered his covenant. He remembered Eden. He remembered Abraham. He remembers every word that he ever promised. Everything he ever said. He's infinite. He's an infant God. He remembered it all. And he remembered he made the promise. Man, I have in my notes, Sister Natasha, right on the top of my notes, it says, he remembers you. Amen. He remembers you. Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. That's his promise that he remembers. Amen. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Amen. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He remembers his word. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled, but believe ye in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. He remembers you. Amen. And his promises. And God shall wipe the tears from all our eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. And the former things passed away. Amen. I'm glad for a God that remembers. He remembers his people. Amen. And that's what 
we so hold on to. His promises are kept, and they're yea and amen. Amen. Remember the stones. Amen? That's just all we, a little message tonight. Remember these stones, a memorial, that you can look back and say, God met me there, and he'll take me through again. Not like Israel, who murmured and complained and forgot, forgot, forgot. But you can remember God's word is true. Amen. Let's stand. Amen. My Redeemer is faithful and true. Amen. I love this song. My Redeemer is faithful and true. For everything He has said, He will do. And every morning, His mercies are identify with that we don't have amnesia we have a positive confession we know what God's done for us and we know what God's going to do for us he's done so much I was away as you know for almost a month seems, seems like a year sometimes I had a meeting with a gentleman, maybe speak about it on Sunday. I had to go over what the vision of this church has been. When Michael had the lens go out, I was hoping he was going to catch our pastor. Time-tested memorial. how this message has gone out around the world and you started accruing all that has been done 